Howdy Riffers, this is David Sanchez and this is episode 66 of the Riffs or Die podcast for Tuesday, March 8th, 2022. I hope this message finds you well. Gotta say, right off the bat, this is one of my favorite interviews that we've ever done on this show. So I think you guys are going to enjoy it. I spoke with my friend, super shredder extraordinaire, Mark Rizzo, who is formerly of Soulfly. He also played in and is going to play again with Il Nino. And he's also got a lot of solo records where he's ripping down some flamenco guitar and also some super shredding electric stuff. Now, this interview is actually two different parts. After the first one was done, Mark had to run out the door to take care of some stuff. So he hit me up afterwards and said, hey, there's some stuff that we didn't talk about that I want to dive into. So let's talk again. We did that. So this is two different interviews, just a few days apart. And I put them together. You'll hear a tiny break in the middle that is going to make it very clear which one is which. But I definitely want you to stick around until the second interview. There is some crazy, crazy stuff that Mark drops in the interview that he told me he's never said in any other interview. This is the first place you're ever going to hear this information. It has to do with his old band, Soulfly. And uh, yeah, just make sure you listen to the whole thing. That bombshell thing aside, though, I think this conversation was so awesome. There's positive stories. There's sad stories. There's funny stuff. We get into a lot of different music. We talk about musical influences, talk about metal, talk about Slayer, talk about all kinds of stuff. And Mark has a ton of projects going on right now. He's playing in a lot of bands, and you're going to hear all about it in these interviews. I'll have links to as much of it as I can link to in the description for this episode. So if you want to follow along, make sure to just check out those links. Of course, if you want to support the podcast beyond listening to it and sharing it with friends, you can always go to riffsordie.com and pick up some merch, or you can go to patreon.com slash riffsordie and sign up. We do a monthly Zoom hangout. You can come and hang out with me in real time, and I love shooting the shit with you guys. If that sounds good to you, go to patreon.com slash riffsordie and sign up at the $10 level or higher. You'll also get discounts to the web store at riffsordie.com. If you want to shoot me an email with any questions or comments, feel free to do that. It's podcast at riffsordie.com. I'm sure I'll be doing another Q&A episode sometime in the next couple months, so send them on in, and eventually I may get to your question. So with that, I think it's time to get into the interviews. Ladies and gents, and Zimzers and they thems, Mr. Mark Rizzo. Yo, what up, dude? How you doing, man? I'm good. How you been, all right? Yeah, not too shabby. So is there anything specifically that you want to talk about or want to avoid talking about on this? No, we could talk about anything you want. You know, the, the whole Soulfly thing, I'm, I'm trying to just watch what I say only for one reason, because the media is really like trying to make me look like an asshole. I'm down to talk about it, you know, but I'm going to keep it a little bit more positive just because of blabbermouth and all these. They're trying to flip it on me. You know, they're really trying to, even though I'm getting like a lot of love from all the fans for leaving and everybody understands it and gets it and has been awesome towards me, like blabbermouth and these other uh, online sites have really been trying to flip it on me and I don't dig that. So I'm, I'm, we could talk about it, but I'm going to keep it a little bit more positive, you know? Sure. Yeah, I mean, like, I honestly don't know too, too much about what happened, and it's been so long since I've spoken with you, so. Um, yeah, I, do, I think you have an idea, you know, you've toured with us, so. 
<laughs> yeah, I've, I've got a little idea about what happened, but how long were you in Soulfly? 18 years. Jesus Christ. It's a lifetime. Yeah. It's crazy um, how long I was in the band and, and just how fast time went by because of all the touring. You know, you're, you're on the road nonstop with a band like Soulfly. So it was like I joined when I was, you know, in my early 20s and all of a sudden, you know, here I am in my 40s and uh, I don't know where the time went. It just flew by. Yeah, I feel like time accelerates. Yeah, it really does, especially when you're on the road. I always say that when you're home working a day job, you know, you kind of judge time from weekend to weekend. You know, you're looking forward to the weekends. Yeah. Whereas tours and being on the road, you kind of judge time tour to tour. And, you know, the tour could last two months. That's right. I always tell people we age different. Really? It's true. <laughs> Touring musicians <laughs> age different. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, we see more stuff in... uh two weeks than most people do in a whole year. Exactly, man. And, and I'll tell you, there's something about flying all the time and, and constantly moving around the world. It definitely does something, man. It, it really feels like you're time traveling and you're in warp speed overdrive. And I, that's why I think the 18 years just flew by. And now since the pandemic and being home, it's like I, I was sitting home and just being like, Man, where did these 18 years go? I don't even know where it went. It went by so freaking fast. And, and then being stuck home, you know, quarantined, it was like, holy shit, where did my life go? Yeah. Yeah. People don't realize the sacrifice that touring musicians make to go out there and put the show on for you. It's a huge, huge sacrifice in, in your time because you're literally gone for the entire day to play one show in a city, exactly. you know? Exactly. And and you're you're constantly on the move. And especially with a band like Soulfly, it's like, forget about seeing your family, forget about making plans with your family, forget about having a girlfriend. You could just forget about that. Um, it, it's just, you're, you're on the go and you're on someone else's schedule. And it's like, get on the bus and go. And next thing you know, you know, two decades have passed by. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's wild. Mm -hmm. <laughs> super crazy yeah yep. eight, 18 years is a long time i've seen that you have been playing some shows though doing solo stuff how's that going yeah so i've always been doing my solo gigs i mean that that's what really kept me afloat all those years when when soulfly would take a break you know sometimes they would just be like all right we're taking six months off and you know you had to figure out what you were going to do so that's really why i started doing my solo gigs i i never you know when i put out my first solo record on shrapnel back in 05 I wasn't planning on touring. I wasn't planning on doing shows with it. But what happened was, you know, I, when I was in Soulfly back in those days, you know, they would just be like, all right, we're not doing anything now for the six months. And, and you would really not get a lot of notice. So that's where I basically was like, all right, man, well, I got to survive, man. And, and I'm just going to get out there and do my solo gigs. So that's what I've always done. And it really, really came into play to really help me out during the pandemic. Because like a year ago, I just basically said, the hell with it. I'm going to hit all the states that are open. And just start playing shows. So I I started just doing my solo gigs last February and flew out to like Montana, down to Florida, to Texas, and just started touring all the states that were open. Smart. Yeah. Yeah, not much point in going to <laughs> San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, where I live in New Jersey, you know, the East Coast was shut down. There was, there was nothing going on, man, for shows. And, and you know, I, I, I had to get out there and I wasn't being as paranoid, maybe. I mean, I, obviously, that's a, that's, a, that's a conversation. Everyone's got different opinions. But I was like, the hell with it, man. It's just me by myself playing to a backing track. I mean, you couldn't be any more safer. It was me just flying by myself, me staying in hotel rooms by myself, me traveling in a car. 
to get to show to show by myself. It just was like, I'm doing this, man, you know? And, and I really, I, I, I hit the road before anyone else did, really. So uh, I was like, the hell with it. I got to rock. That's awesome. So you did like the bucket head thing. You went up there with an iPod and Yeah, jammed. I've been doing, you know, it's funny. I, so I, that's how my solo project originally started back in 05 was I was just doing like clinics for PV and, and doing like the NAM show and just playing to a backing track. Yeah. And then it wasn't until about, then I started playing with a band and traveling around the country with, with a, my bass player and drummer. And then by 2014, the guys really couldn't tour anymore. So I was like, I'm just going to go out and play with a backing track like Buckethead. You know I mean? I, exactly. You know, I was very influenced by Buckethead and Michelangelo Badio and those guys go out and just rock out with a backing track. So I was like the hell with it, man. I'm, I'm just going to go out and do it like that. And it goes over well, man. You know, I just play like little bars, little clubs and, um, and just rock out by myself and, and it makes things affordable, uh, for the, for clubs and, and for myself. And, and for me, it's just a, a really fun, stress-free way to tour and, and, and play shows. Do you ever have to, uh, get mad at the iPod for rushing? <laughs> I always say that. I'm like, I'm always <laughs> like, yeah, you know, my, my band broke up. My iPod is, is, you know, we got into an argument, so I can't play the show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> But, but what's funny is like, I, I just, I, there's, there's no guitars in my backing tracks. Um, it's just bass and drums. And, and again, it's just so much fun, dude, uh, just to get out there. And I mean, I do love playing with my guys. My bass player passed away, you know, rest in peace, Derek Kleibish. He, he passed away about a year ago. Oh man, um, I'm sorry and, to hear that. Thanks. Yeah. I think you knew him. He toured with us with Havoc. He was my guitar tech. He was a great dude. And, oh yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So he passed away about a year ago and. You know, I, he he's still he's still on my backing track, so I feel like I'm keeping his memory alive by by going out there and playing to his bass um, in my live show. Mm, that is very cool. Good yeah. point. Yep. Yeah, it seems like a really smart way to do it. Way cheaper for the venue, cheaper for you, easy. There's no uh, no no group meetings. You don't have to yep. worry about someone being hung over and fucking up. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 Exactly. Or you know, having to deal with people just being crazy and insane and you know although in my solo project i always had really cool guys in the band you know but yeah for, for me for instrumental guitar you know th this isn't original you know there's other guys that have done it for years too like buckethead like michelangelo badio inve malmstein he used to do gigs like this too where he'd go out and just shred out on top of a backing track and it may be boring for drummers you know and and maybe other people but but for guitar players um you know it's for me I, it's fun and and i love seeing other guys do this too so yeah that's really cool and do you have any tour dates coming up what i normally just do is just weekend gigs i fly in again because the overhead's low i can just book a ticket fly somewhere and play a show for the weekends sure um, so right now that's all i've been doing this last month uh last weekend i was in uh north north carolina south carolina i played and then i flew from there to wisconsin did a gig and then flew home and this weekend, I'm actually driving up to Maine, and I got a show this Saturday. I'll be taking a little break from my solo gigs, because in March, I'm going out on a full U.S. tour with uh, the reunion of, of El Nino. So we're going to be hitting the road in March and, and doing a full U.S. tour around the States. Rad. Who else is on that tour? Uh, it's going to be us, Head P.E., and Drowning Pool. Okay, cool. That should be pretty yeah. big. Yeah, it should be good. I haven't toured with El Nino in 20 years. Um, you know, it's a whole new band. I've been telling people, you know, it's it's uh, a new band, in my opinion. New singer who's incredible. Just new new vibe, new attitudes. I mean, it really, um, we did a live feed reunion about a year ago during the pandemic. 
Um, and then they asked me to, to come back and, you know, I really like the new music a lot They're, I'm doing solos in the band now, some, some, some of my style of riffing. So it just seemed, it seemed to make sense, man. And, and I know the, the old school Nino fans are excited for it. Rad. That's cool. I was just listening to your last solo record that came out last year. Awesome. Yeah. Living Shred Volume One. Oh yes. Yeah. That came out on God Size Records. It's just a compilation of, uh, all my past records, like the greatest hits, and and it's more the heavy stuff. We left off a lot of the acoustic stuff and just kept it heavy. Okay, cool. I did not know that. Yeah. So, is there going to be a volume two? Uh, I'm actually getting ready to start a new record, and it will be my uh, sixth record. Hopefully, we're going to start it. And then, you know, when I get back from the Sil Nino tour, me and my drummer Anthony Divizio, we always write together, and. Um, I'm super stoked for it. You know, it, it's really going to be, um, I think my best record. I, I got a lot of cool ideas. Um, I've been going in more of a heavy direction. I haven't been doing as much acoustic stuff. So I plan on just doing, you know, just another great heavy shred record and maybe get some, some guest vocalists on it. You know, maybe you want to sing on it, bro. I'd love to have you on it. Hey, yeah. Let's talk about it. Dope. Yeah. It's been a while since I've needed to use my voice like that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> What are you guys up to? Let's talk about you, man. I'm, I, I always tell people Havoc is one of my favorite bands. That tour I did with you guys was one of my favorite tours. You guys are like my favorite guitar players, you and Reese. And, um, I, you know, you guys play the music that I love, that old school thrash metal sound. But you guys take it to another level and, and make it more modern. Well, thanks, dude. Yeah, we, we had a blast touring with you guys. As far as new stuff with us, not much. Everyone's kind of doing their own thing and, and mm-hmm. keeping busy. But we've, I've been kicking around some new riff ideas, so maybe we'll start writing. But also we've discussed possibly learning some cover songs, maybe Dope. recording those and putting them out maybe sometime late, late this year, early next year, something like that, just to get the gears turning again, doing something. But yeah, currently n- no shows planned or anything like that. And uh, wow. honestly, yeah. like, I mean, who, who knows? We, we might not be able to get out till next year. But. Yeah, man, it's just craziness, man. It's it's just sad the way everything went down, and and uh, all the bands that had to just you know take a break, and it it just sucks, man. I, I was really hoping, uh, you know, guys like you would 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 be able to you know get out there sooner than later. Yeah, I mean, we we could, but mm-hmm. there there's so much up in the air, and you know what it's like. You, yeah. you know, if we go out on on tour, we, let's say it's thirty shows on the run. If we lose yep. three shows because some cities yep. wanted to do some lockdown bullshit, yep. like yep. we we go home with peanuts in our pocket, you know? Exactly. I know. I get it, man. That ain't worth it to us. So yep. uh, we, we like doing it because it's fun and shit, but we we have yeah. bills to pay. We can't go out and <laughs> come home yeah. with nothing. So exactly until it's more like solid and more for sure, we plan on not going out until it's mm. it's looking better. Yeah, as no, far as small. you know, the situation in our country. Yep. Yeah, it's craziness, man. You know, uh, I'd love to hear more stuff from you guys with with the recording, and, and that sounds great. If you're going to be doing a cover record, I always loved the uh, the covers you guys did. I remember you did some Slayer, right? Yeah, we've done Slayer, Pantera, Sepultura, Heck. and uh, you know, it's with those covers. We all kind of went pretty true to the original and didn't really tweak much but what we've talked about doing is doing some other artists that people would not expect us to cover and then metalize the music yep and kind of you know tweak it around make it our own yeah 
I remember you guys, man, you guys crushed us every night on that Soulfly tour, man. I remember just watching you guys on the side of the stage and be like, this is what metal's about, man. You guys get up there, you play your instruments to a very professional level. Everyone's giving 100%. Nobody's taking the night off. Uh, you know, Pete's an animal on drums. Reese is a shredder. You're a shredder. Your vocals are freaking awesome i mean you guys every night i'm like this is this is what it's about man we're, we're getting crushed <laughs> <laughs> well thanks that's an yeah. that's an honor to hear that. that that's the best bad news i've ever heard <laughs> it what inspired me I, <laughs> I remember that that whole tour just just uh you know watching you guys and being inspired to, to get up there and, and rock out and and, and give a hundred percent man it, it was for me it's inspiring it's never it's never a competition thing for me it's always just like man it, it inspires me to get up there and 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 just rock out as hard as you guys did. Yeah, I feel you. When when I see bands that cr- absolutely crush live, it, it's not offensive to me. I'm like you. Yeah. I, I take it as a, a fire under my own ass to do better. I remember you guys being in a van and we were in a bus. I'm like, yo, it should be the other way around. These guys should be in the bus and, and we should be. In the- <laughs> I mean, for 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 pound for pound intensity and who's 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 putting out you know the most uh, energy. I was like, man, these guys are killing it. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, we try. Um, <laughs> you crush it too, man. You're a fucking super shredder. And I, well, thanks, I, I wanted to ask you on that on that compilation record, that Living Shred Volume One. On mm-hmm. the first song, there's some extremely sick wah tones. What kind mm-hmm. of wah pedal are you using in that recording? Do you remember? Yeah, just probably just a crybaby, man. Good question. Uh, just crybaby. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm really not that picky with gear. I usually go with just the classic stuff I grew up playing, which is, you know, boss pedals. And, uh, you know, I love Gibson guitars. I think that, that, that song you're talking about, I think I use an SG for the solos, you know, just simple stuff, man. And, and the wah pedal, I, I love it, but I do go a little overboard with it. So I, I try not to, at my solo gigs, I try not to, to, to bring it out live because I, I just go overboard <laughs> with it. Like, you know, even next level Kirk Hammett, I, I just go overboard. He got Kirk Hammett syndrome. Yeah, so I, I, I use it when I record, but I try not to bring one live because I'll just step on it the whole night. Yeah, sure. No, it's such a fun sound. Sure. Yeah, I love wah pedals. Yeah. So you got a new record that you're going to go into studio for this year? Uh, yeah, I think after this El Nino uh, tour, I'll come home for April and uh, I'm going to start a new solo record. Killer. And you're going to do it with, with a real drummer, real bass player. Yeah, I I, uh, I always work with my drummer Anthony Divizio. He's mm-hmm. been playing with me for over ten years now. He's he's incredible. He also plays in the band Forty Below Summer, which is an old band from Jersey. And then um, I um, I do all the bass usually. Sometimes I'll have a guest bassist, but but I, I usually do all the bass. It's just easier to to knock it out. And sure. then um, I think this record I'm gonna I'm gonna get some guest vocalists, man. I, I think I've done enough instrumental. So I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see who who's available. Like I, I'd love to have you on it, man. And and uh, and see who else is available, you know, because I, I, I do enjoy writing music also for singers and, and, you know, coming up with riffs that can really, um, accent the vocals. Hell yeah. Yeah. Let's definitely keep in touch about that. I'm interested. Sure. Hell yeah. Absolutely. So I, I have to ask you cause your shredding is pretty eclectic and I can't quite put my finger on exactly who. So I have to ask you about musical influences who are some of your biggest influences as a guitarist uh man there's so many um but off the top of my head i'm i mean i'm sure you and me have the same influences we love that thrash sound i always say overkill is like my favorite band of all time especially growing up here in new jersey 
I saw those guys play so much back in the 90s. They were such an influence on me. They're such cool guys. I've toured with them. And, and to me, they really represent metal and thrash metal, in my opinion, over everybody, man. You know, And, and that's why I love you guys so much because you guys obviously have, a, have a, a big overkill influence and take it to the next level. Yeah, I love that Overkill never went like soft. They exactly. just keep putting out crushing, fast, heavy shit. They never exactly. had like a, a reload yep. era. <laughs> they, exactly. They never, I always say that. Overkill never put out a bad record. They never let us fans down. They always kept it to that Overkill sound. Uh, they always put on a top-notch show. Bobby Blitz is, is one of the, the coolest dudes ever in metal, and, and the guy is – you know, I'm not sure exactly how old he is, but I know he's got to be pretty up there in age, and he still gets up there and gives a hundred percent and runs around that stage like like an animal, man. I mean, the the dude is is just incredible, man. They 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 blow my mind away. So, Overkill has always been one of my biggest influences. But then there's so much more. You know, I I love old early '90s death metal. Suffocation is one of my favorite bands. Um, and then yeah. as far as, as far as guitar players, you know, I love all the greats, man. Eddie Van Halen. I love Inve Malmsteen. I'm a huge Eric Johnson fan. Um, you know, Al Demiola. Demiola is one of my favorites. Yep. Me too. He's another Jersey guy. He lives pretty close to me. And, um, you know, all, all the greats, man, uh, all the classic greats, you know, I love a lot of classic rock. I just love anything with great guitar. If it's got great guitar playing in it, then, then I love it. Yeah, there's a dude that I need to send you after we get off of this interview. Um, This guy from Norway, his name is Owain. Okay. Um, He's a really, really sick guitar player. You'll dig it. It's it's a little more like fusion jazz mixed with rock, but um, yeah, he's a fucking freak, dude. I love it. I love fusion, man. So yeah, I'll definitely check that out, man. I love hearing all these new players, man. This is such an exciting time for guitar playing because I, like i've seen the the skill and talent just be elevated just because i i guess because like youtube and videos going around the internet and people being able to learn a, a lot quicker nowadays because of of all that interaction yeah 100 percent. yeah and people's uh brains get more saturated with greatness a lot quicker <laughs> it, it, it really it's true i mean i remember when i was a kid growing up in the 80s like you had to take lessons and it was awesome but I wasn't as exposed to all these incredible players like I am and, and we all are now because of YouTube. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just crazy how things are just spreading around the world and people are learning more because of YouTube. Yeah, it's it's free. YouTube University. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy how that it's just free and, and you know people are listening to music for free on YouTube. But it's also cool because uh, you're hearing things so much easier now. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's a really big tool. And it's not just YouTube. There's a bunch of YouTube alternatives that are yep. it, it, better in the sense that they don't censor stuff. But yep. uh, there's so much content out there. You could literally learn anything between a library and the internet and a computer. Yep. Yeah. You can learn literally just about anything that you it's, want. Exactly. It's incredible times, man. Yeah. College doesn't need to be the gatekeeper for information anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure, uh, you know, not having a college loan to pay off for the rest of your life is a plus. Yeah, it's a huge plus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not getting your first job a quarter million dollars in debt is a, a plus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's funny you were mentioning uh, Overkill and Blitz. So Bobby yes. Blitz Ellsworth, his vocals, especially when he's screaming, one of my yep. favorite vocalists ever. 
His I, I think so. screaming yeah. vocals are one of my favorite things ever in metal. Me too. Um, Me and too. Same with, as far as high stuff goes, it's like Chuck Billy back in the day, yep. Blitz, Zetro from Exodus, yep. and like Tom Mariah. Like their high it, notes are just so yeah. piercing and, and aggressive. Yep. It sounds like someone's getting their legs chopped off. That's why I always loved your vocals, man. Because you're, <laughs> you're right. Those are all my favorite singers, man. That's why I like. I always, I always tell people, man, Havoc is, is just one of my my favorite bands, and and I can't even, you know, you guys have been around for a long time too. So I, like, I want to say newer, but you guys really aren't newer. You've been, you guys have been doing this for for years, and but your sound is just new and fresh. But but you take that old school sound and take it to the next level. I, I just love it. Thanks, dude. Yeah, I mean, our influences are pretty varied they go from that old school classic thrash stuff to you know classic rock but we listen yep. to a lot of other shit and that's why we sound a little different than other bands sure. i mean i love gypsy jazz i love Sick. weird fucking like circus music avant-garde yeah. strange bizarre shit um, sure you know reese's way into bluegrass and country i love right. funk Yep. Um, we we all listen to like a bunch of different kinds of music. I love African yep. music. Like, <laughs> there's nice. some shit where you would come into like our our vehicle on tour and you'd be like, "What the fuck are these guys listening to?" Yeah. Because I might oh, be well, listening to King Sunny Ade or Fela Kuti or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because you guys are serious musicians. You know, there, there's there's that's what I love about you guys is that there's, there's no poser bullshit with you guys. You're serious musicians, and you go up on stage and you throw down in real time and give a hundred percent every night. And, uh, that's why you guys are, are one of the best bands out there. We're working on it. I can't wait to go out there and do it again live. Yeah. I, yep. I really am looking forward to that. I, I do have a funny blitz story. So one cool. time I, I worked at a bunch of venues here in Denver. Mm -hmm. Uh, technically I still work at them, but they've got some very, uh, uh, questionable rules at the moment. So, sure. <laughs> so <laughs> I told them I'll come back when they drop all that bullshit. But yeah, good. Uh, one of the overkill shows I was working one time, I was hanging out like in, in the hallway slash alley area of the venue, like off to mm. the side of the stage and overkill was on. And it was like a guitar solo middle of the song mm. and, and blitz goes running off stage. Cause he literally does run. You're, you're not yep. wrong about that. Um, yep. He ran off stage during the guitar solo, whatever. He pulled out a cigarette, lit it up, started yep. hitting his cigarette. And then because it's Denver and we're at high altitude, often bands request oxygen. Yep. Yep. Uh, so Blitz is literally smoking a cigarette <laughs> and he like exhales and then he grabs the mask from the oxygen <laughs> tank and he goes yep. and takes a hit of oxygen exhales takes a hit of the cigarette goes back yep. to the oxygen yep. <laughs> he was yep. going cigarette oxygen cigarette oxygen and then he puts it all down and he literally sprints back to the microphone just in time for him to be there when he needs to and yep oh bro <laughs> he's a legend awesome. he, yo he's a legend man and, he's and awesome I mean, just incredible shape that he's in, you know, for his age, and 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 he's he's like he's like twenty one years old again. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> yes. I got a great story. We toured with them about five years ago, um, and it was on when we were doing the Roots tour, and Overkill was blowing my mind away every night. And I was going through a lot. My father had cancer, and he was about to pass away, and I had to leave the tour. Four days into the tour, I I had to go home. And Bobby Blitz and Derek, their guitar player, yo, they gave me. 
the most amazing bro down I ever had in my life, man. They called me on the bus because they knew I was leaving. They heard about my father and they sat down and I, I don't drink anymore, but at the time, you know, I was going through a lot and they pulled out a bottle of whatever it was and, and we did shots and just, they just told me all their stories about what they went through, you know, with, with family that passed while they're on the road. And it, it just was like the most, um, I'll never forget it. It was just the most amazing bro, like metal bro down that I ever had that I needed so bad from those guys that it just, it was such an awesome send off, man. And, and they gave me like so much strength to go through with them what I had to go through that next week right before my father passed. And uh, I'll never forget it, man. You know, I mean, here's my favorite band of all time. And and they just gave me the most uh, warm, bro-down, send-off, you know, that that I could ever get from from anybody. And I'll never forget it, man. And Bobby Blitz is the man and, and Derek and those guys. I, I got so much love and respect for that band. That's really cool. Yep. <laughs> most people can't see a story like that. That's really, yeah. really awesome. Yeah. So did you, if you don't want to answer this, it's totally fine. But on that tour, did you come back later or were you just leaving for the whole thing? No, no, it was a two week tour in Europe. Uh, oh, okay. Two weeks. Yeah. And, and, and I really thought, um, I really thought I was able to do the tour and come back and take care of my father because it was a short tour. But, um, it, it just four days into it, I, I got the call from my mother that, um, you know, I had to come home and then, you know, he passed away, um, a week later, man, I'm so sorry, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it was sad. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll never forget that, that bro down I had with, with, with Bobby and Derek, man. It, it really, uh, it really meant the, the world to me. And it really, it was like just an amazing moment, like in metal bro down history, man. I, I, I always, whenever I talk about overkill, I always talk about that. You know, they didn't have to do that for me and, and they really went out of their way to, to, to do that. And it was awesome. You know, and that's another reason why I always say overkill is like my favorite band of all time. I'm always kind of surprised that there's like a big four instead of maybe like a big seven or eight. I've always said that too. Yeah. And overkill least- would be in there. Overkill would be in there. Uh, obviously, Exodus has to be in there. Yep. Testament. I, you know, I mean, they, they definitely, they need to do it again and do like a big seven, big eight. I mean, you, you have to. You can't just leave out Exodus, leave out Overkill, leave out uh, Testament, you know? Right. They'd have to do that, I think. I hope they do it. Yeah, they, they've marketed the shit out of the big four, so they just need to do a new marketing thing, make it the big eight, and then everybody wins. Yep. <laughs> Good idea. And put you guys on. I would I would throw you guys on too. You guys Yeah, throw us in there with Metallica and Exodus. They should do a full tour, like an Ozfest type tour, the big <laughs> whatever, and, and have you guys. I'd put municipal waste in there. Dude, if they did know? a thrash tour that was like Ozfest, that would be yeah. fucking insane. Even a festival. I've never yeah. actually seen a festival like that. I've never seen a festival that's all like thrash yeah. bands. Well, you know what, man? I, I think uh, Metallica should put that together. You know, that, that's 100%. their responsibility to do that for the fans. Put together a, a traveling thrash tour like Ozfest and just have all, all the greats have a side stage, you know, and then have the big stage. And man, that would be a dream come true. That would be so cool to see a lot of those thrash bands all on the same day. Yeah, true. Damn. A man can dream. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if it happens, it, if it happens, everyone knows that it, uh, the idea started here. Yeah, right now <laughs> we want royalties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what else you got going on after El Nino and and new record? 
any big like long-term plans? Yeah. So we, um, you know, we're getting a great response, um, from the fans and promoters about, about me being back in El Nino and us playing, uh, the first record in, in its entirety. You know, it's really, really blew my mind away. Like, like, I, I guess maybe all the years of being in Soulfly and, and, and being away from El Nino, I, I didn't really realize how influential that first record was on the people that are into that kind of more new metal sound. So we're going to go out and play that record in its entirety and also play then, you know, this next tour coming up, we're playing a lot from the new record. And I'll tell you, the new record is, um, I'm pretty stoked about it because I'm doing a lot of solos on it, which was something I always wanted to do even back in 2000, 2001 with El Nino was get more metal, incorporate solos, you know, but at the time it just didn't, it didn't happen. I guess, you know, with the style of music, you know, we kind of got lumped into the whole new metal thing. Um, but you we weren't did, allowed to play solos. I wasn't, I really wasn't, you know, <laughs> it, it was crazy. Cause you know, when we first started with El Nino, it was like in 97 and we were more of like a New York hardcore band, but with a Latin influence. And I was doing solos then. And, um, and then the whole new metal thing hit and I don't know, we got to deal with Roadrunner and I didn't really even know what was, what new metal was. Like I wasn't really into those bands, you know, I was more into just like hardcore and, and, and thrash and death metal and, you know, New York hardcore and stuff like that. But one thing led to another and we hit the road and we kind of got lumped into that. And yeah, my, my whole solo thing got, got cut out, <laughs> you know, but I'm doing it now and it's pretty cool to, to hear that El Nino sound and have the guys be like, no, we want you to do solos. So um, our first single is going to be dropping soon for the new record. And I'm doing like full-blown sweep arpeggios and, and shredding on the song. So it's pretty pretty cool how, how things have uh, changed and come full circle. Rad, when is that dropping? Uh, I think the, the new song and video should be dropping when the, when the tour goes down. So I think in March sometime. And I think it's going to turn heads, man. It's, it's super heavy stuff. Um, our new s- singer is this kid Marcos that's in a band called Shattered Sun, and he's incredible. I mean, he's he's one of the main reasons why when I was asked to come back to El Nino, why I said yes because I always wanted to work with Marcos. He's an incredible singer. He's a super cool dude. Uh, you know, we partied a lot on the road when when we hung on the Soulfly Shattered Sun tour, like in 2015 or 16. So uh, you know, being that he's a singer now in El Nino, I was like, dude, I'm in. Let's do it. Very cool. What's your favorite Al Miola record, Mark? Um, you know, I, I'll have to go with definitely uh, Elegant Gypsy, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's 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 his most popular record, but I, I just I love the way he combined the acoustic with the electric. You know, I mean, he kind of went off and, and and went more acoustic, and never really, I don't think, put out something as heavy as Elegant Gypsy, but that record was such an influence on me. Obviously, I mean, if you, my solo records, the way I'm mixing the acoustic with the metal was, was very influenced by Aldi Miola. So yeah, Elegant Gypsy, man. That whole record start to finish is a really good listen. Ripping. I mean, it's, it's just so ahead of its time for 1970. I think it was like 76 or something that came out. I mean, way ahead of its time. It, it was, uh, Inve before Inve, you know? Oh yeah. And I, I first heard about, Al Di Miola from reading interviews in Guitar World with Zach Wild. Me too. <laughs> and I read about that and I was like, I need to look that guy up sometime. And then yeah. I didn't for years and years and years. And then it came, he came up again, some other interview I was listening to or reading with some yeah. other super shredder. And they were like, Al Di Miola. And I, was like, I need to fucking look this guy up. Like I fucked oh, up yeah. when I was a teenager and didn't look into him. And uh, when yeah. I really got into his music, it absolutely yep. blew my mind. And it's hugely yep. influential for songwriting and just like 
rhythmic phrasing and uh, sure. just vibe, man. He, yeah. His his music. It's not just that he's a shredder. His music yep. is so fucking yeah. cool. Yeah. Like, I got to see him once in Denver. Me too. That Sick. was like a top ten best live show I've ever seen. Oh, he's incredible live. I I, I seen him a bunch of times here. You know, he's from Jersey and, and he grew up a couple towns over from me. And I actually caught him about ten years ago. He did a special all acoustic show at the high school that he went to. I think it was Teaneck wow. High School, Teaneck, New Jersey. And I heard about it just through the grapevine. You know, like it was like it was a kind of like a not not a private show, but it was more just for his town. You know, so um, so we went. I think me and my, I brought my parents too, and and man, what a ripping show at this high school <laughs> auditorium! Watching him just shred on acoustic, you know, and that's actually my favorite stuff from him too. Is just going like on YouTube and watching him just like improv all by himself, acoustic. The way he makes an acoustic guitar sound like ten players in one, and then does it all with a pick. That's what's amazing about him is that he he took kind of that Latin guitar, almost flamenco influence but did it all with a pick the way he arpeggiates uh, his chords. And, and it's, it's like you, you would think he was doing like the Paco de Lucia style flamenco playing, but he's not, he's doing it all with a pick and he's just so fast and, and, and tight with it. It's insane. Yeah. He's a total beast. And Paco is too. Oh yeah. Rest I mean, in Paco peace. Was, oh, was a yeah, freak. I got, yep. I got to catch Paco live here in Jersey too, man. Oh, I mean, no way. Other, You're lucky. Oh, he's, He's incredible, man. He's another another guy that was, uh, you know, uh, just a legend, man. And then the three of them together, him and, and you know, Paco Aldemiola and, and John McLaughlin, yep. the, the Friday night in San Francisco. That that record was so influential. On oh, yeah. Yeah, McLaughlin's a freak, too. Mahavishnu oh, Orchestra. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, man. A lot of that stuff is, like, under the radar shredders. I, I often refer to, like, gypsy jazz and flamenco guitar players and some yep. jazz players like yep. it's under the radar because it doesn't yep. have like heavy distortion and it's not yeah. all marketed well, like hey shredding yeah it's insanely well, that, shredding that, but most people wouldn't yeah. think of it that way you know if a metalhead was listening to that in the background they'd be like yeah whatever it's jazz but if you really listen yep. or if it had distortion and wah yeah. people would be like yep. holy shit who's this guy yeah, well, that was the shred before, you know, metal shred. I mean, these guys were, were doing this in the 60s. I mean, John, John McLaughlin, McLaughlin, however you say his name, I, I always mess it up. Um, but he was, you know, doing this in the 60s. I mean, listen to Bitches Brew with Miles Davis. He, it was the first jazz with, like, you know, mixing it with rock and distorted guitar. I mean, these were the guys that influenced Aldi Miola and, and even Inve. You know, the, this was super technical, fast-playing you know, but more in a jazz fusion world. And then that influenced all the, the, the thrashy guy. I mean, look at, look at Alex Skolnick, you know, one of my favorite players of all time, you know, his, his influences were these guys, you know, this is where he got the, the inspiration back in the eighties when he was a kid. For sure. George Benson too. Oh yeah. Yep. George Benson back in the day, man, like the George yep. Benson quartet stuff yep. from the sixties. I love yep. those two records. Yeah. Incredible, man. These guys are all credible players, man. Yeah, absolutely. And it's that under the radar sneaky shred because it's not distorted. People don't look at it like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially the flamenco. I mean, the flamenco players, they were they they were doing this since like the early 1800s, you know, uh all that fast picking, the the mm -hmm. picado finger picking stuff. I mean, this this dates back to like the early 1800s, you know. And and these guys have been have been shredding for years. I mean, it's, it's insane, man. It really is. Yeah. I mean, classical music too. Classical music is also sleeper shred stuff. You listen to Mozart, yep. Paganini, Beethoven, Paganini. 
Yeah. Uh, was- <laughs> dude, there's yeah. so much shredding, but a lot of people yep. just uh, snooze on it because it's, I don't know. I I, yeah. I can understand how people could not be into classical music if they heard the wrong pieces, mm-hmm. um, but it's such a huge genre. There's so many different sounds under that yeah. umbrella, but yeah. man, I yeah. fucking love classical music. Of, of course. I mean, you know, classical music is, is the the metal metal music of, you know, the early days and, and those guys, and that's where Inve got obviously Paganini. He got it all from, from, uh, from the Paganini pieces that he yep. basically just kind of, you know, improvs on his riffing. And I love that style. And I love Neo, obviously I love Neo classical shred and that whole scene, you know, the shrapnel records, uh, with Mike Varney. That's, that's why I was super stoked when I put out my first two records on shrapnel because I, I grew up on that stuff. Yeah. That's that, that, the shred label. Yeah, that was that was my biggest. Honestly, that was one of my biggest accomplishments was signing with Shrapnel because it was like, whoa, like this is all my favorite players, and I, I was like, yo, I need to really step up my game because I, you know, I was coming from El Nino. I wasn't really doing solos anymore. Um, I kind of put more of my attention on learning flamenco and classical and finger picking, and kind of took a break from from shred metal. But when I signed with Shrapnel and Mike Varney said, yo, we, we want you to do like a, a shred record, I, dude, I just started practicing nonstop because i knew i had to like put out something serious um that could compete with the stuff on that label yeah that's rad i find the uh finger picking stuff like classical guitar Mm -hmm. and flamenco i find that shit insanely challenging because i've got a decent picking hand but all the fingers working independently is a totally different animal (laughs) yeah you know i i used to put a lot of time into learning Uh, i was studying flamenco taking lessons from players um, you know, serious professional flamenco players. And I kind of took a break from it now. Now I kind of do more, I'm more into the Aldemiolo, use a pick and make it sound like it's finger picking. Yeah. Um, but I did put a lot of time into to that stuff. And, and my, my earlier sol- solo records have a lot of that kind of uh, picking on it. But I always say, check out my good friend Ben Woods, who has a project called Flametal. And we've done some, I've some heard collab- of that. I've oh, heard that, incredible. Ben. Yep, and he uh, he he plays authentic flamenco. He he's like a top notch flamenco player. Does all the proper techniques, but he 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 does like flamenco versions of metal songs, like Old Maiden and Do. And dude, he's incredible. And we've done some collabs together. I've done some guest solos on his records, but I always tell people go check out Ben Woods because he is just a living legend, man. He's incredible. That's really cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll link people to that in uh, the description if they want to hear it. Same with the Aldi Miola record. Yeah. And Il Nino, I mean, shit, that's not going to be out yet, so I can't link to that yet. But <laughs> Yeah, the, the new record I think will drop uh, probably like April. Who's the record coming out with? Uh, that I'm not too sure. I know we're, we're talking to a couple different labels. I'm, I'm not really too sure. Okay. But you know, what we should talk about too, is, uh, my, my new death metal project called revenge beast. I'll send you some links, oh, um, sick. but that's, that's coming out. And that's just basically, dude, I just wanted to start a band up that was just straight up old school, you know, death metal, early nineties, death metal, suffocation, carcass, you know, stuff yeah. that I grew up loving and actually upstate records is going to be releasing our new record and i'm super excited about revenge beast man because it's just it's just a a band where i could just go crazy and just do technical death metal riffing and solos and my singer jay he's got a sick voice man and sick lyrics it's, it's gonna be great when is that coming out that will be dropping i'm probably gonna probably around april may also man we're, we're almost done uh recording the record we're, then we're gonna master it and i think it's gonna come out pretty pretty soon man rad Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing that. 
Yeah, Hearing man, you it's rip a, some death metal. I'm I'm stoked, man. It's really um, it's kind of like you know that 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 death metal thrashy vibe that I brought to Soulfly. I'm definitely I'm doing it now in Revenge Beast and moving forward with that sound. You know, there's, it's definitely just straight up heavy, brutal death metal. And then I got this other new project that I'm doing with Tony Campos called Hail the Horns, and that's gonna I think you'll dig that too. That's that's gonna be a little more thrashy. It's kind of gonna be like early 90s groove thrash like when a lot of the thrash bands were kind of slowing down and getting more mid-tempo but the riffs were still thrashy mm-hmm. and, and and tony's singing in that and his wow. vocals are yeah it's it's gonna be great man i mean tony is such a talented bass player you know he, he's in static x and he played with me in Soulfly for years so i'm super stoked to do that project too we'll we'll be doing a new record probably come the new year damn dude you're gonna be doing a lot of stuff you're you're busy staying way busy you know, that's the thing, man. When when the pandemic hit, dude, I, I just went into like warp speed overdrive with writing and uh, starting new projects. You know, uh, like I've, I've talked about it a lot in past interviews, but, you know, Soulfly really wasn't doing anything that entire year. So I was just like, you know what, man, I'm moving forward and just starting a lot of new projects and recording and writing. And, um, you know, when, when this is all over and hopefully it's over soon, you know, I'm going to have a whole bunch of records to show for it. Rad. That, that's really cool, man taking the initiative like that is not easy in a time like this. A lot of people got their inspiration completely zapped out of them. Feels yeah. like it happened the opposite for you. Yeah, man. I, I just love playing and writing and I just, dude, I just, you know, hit record and just got all my ideas down and, and just started sending stuff back and forth to everybody that was in my different projects. And, you know, I'm going to have a bunch of new records and new ideas coming out because of it. That's rad. Yeah. I need to catch up to you. <laughs> So speaking of Groove Thrash, you ever get into the band Grip Inc? Oh yeah, man. Hell yeah. That was that was uh man, that that first record they put out, that's Dave Lombardo's side project when he first left Slayer. Mm-hmm. And um I was a big fan, dude. They they were great when they first came out, dude. They were amazing, man. Yeah, their second record is my favorite one. It's called Nemesis. I recommend mm, that I, record to people a lot. Yeah, I think I think I remember that record, man. I remember they had that one song that it was like, dude, it was, it had that riff. Dan, 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 dan. Oh like yeah. F- yeah. That's uh, a oh. hostage to heaven on the first record. Yes. Okay. I love that fucking song. I remember being like, dude, this is like just as cool as any Slayer song, man. It, totally. it was freaking. I think this, did the singer die, I think. And then that's that. Yeah. I think the singer killed himself. Yeah, that's what I think I heard too, man. Gus Chambers, he's one of my favorite vocalists. Uh, yeah, he's huge, massive voice, and just yep. so, always sounds cool. He never yep. sounded like a pussy. He always sounded yep. like a very yep. tough guy. Yep, I yep. love his vocals. And Lombardo's drumming in that band is some of his best, in my opinion, yep. that he's ever yep. put out. I agree. I agree, man. That 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 band. Uh, I was a big fan when that came out. I mean, that was like in the mid nineties, I think when, when he put that out, you know? Yeah. Nineties. And then into the two thousands, they, they kept yep. doing some stuff. I can't remember the, uh, the guitar player's name, but that he's a Swedish dude and he's a real yep. sick guitar player. He doesn't show it off very much in the band, but there's a yep. couple times where <laughs> he yeah. starts ripping down. And you're like, Oh, okay. I didn't, yep, yep. I didn't realize that was under there. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that was, um, that was, you know, when he left Slayer, it was obviously a huge, let, like, you know, disappointment. But, man, when he put out that Grip Inc., I remember just being like, whoa, man, this this stuff is awesome, man. Yeah, it's a shame that that band's not more well-known. A lot of people have no idea about that band. 
yeah, I don't know why it never really caught on. I, I don't know why, man. They they were. I remember they were making noise back back when that record came out, and then um, I don't know why. I guess they, I get well. The guy died, so that that explains it. Yeah, yeah, but even when they were doing records, like I don't think mm. Rip Inc was ever really huge. Yeah, and in, in my opinion, why. the the record like that second Rip Inc record yep. uh, to me is better than what Slayer was putting out at the time. So. Yeah, they, they, it was. I mean, well, I will say one of my favorite Slayer records of all time, um, and my go-to Slayer record is Divine Intervention. Man, that that record for me just blew me away. Man, to me, that was that was Slayer's like fusion prog record. That's that's got Kerry King and Jeff Hanneman. I think their most technical guitar playing on it. There's a lot of Slayer riffs that are hard to play, and the solos. What the fuck, Mark? You're a super talented lead guitar player. What <laughs> what is up with Hanneman solos? Like. They are not in a scale, they're not in a key, but they sound fucking awesome. That's like so yeah. signature, and with Gary Holt replacing Hanneman, it doesn't sound the same at all because Hanneman played his solos in such a bizarre, unique way. Yeah, just, you know, I mean, all the dive bombs. I, I could never really pull off a Slayer solo note for note. I just kind of improv and do my own thing. But, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it, it fit the music. It was just chaotic, um, like the music. And, um, I, I loved it. I, I love their leads, man. I, I, you know, some people I know, like back in the day, some of the guitar snobs were like, it's just, it's just, yeah, like out of, out of, out of uh, key. And I'm like, yeah, but it fits the music, man. It's, yeah, it's, it's ugly. It's, like the lyrical yeah. themes and like yeah. the message yeah. they're trying to get across. Exactly, man. So, um, I, I love it. I mean, I always say, you know, Slay, I mean, it's, uh, everybody's favorite band, but I, I still to this day, man, I listen to Slayer every day. They're pretty good, I guess. <laughs> you know that that the divine intervention record it's funny i one time i drove from la to new york straight and i drove by myself and all i did was listen to divine intervention the entire three days of driving God and you know damn. what dude it never got boring that record is so intense and just intricate guitar playing and i always say too like like that was like it came out in 94 and there was all these like a lot of the the death metal bands were getting popular and doing incredible stuff right with the left hand a lot of like you know fancy like cannibal corpse and suffocation a lot of trills and crazy stuff but slayer was like yo it to me it seemed like they wanted to compete with all those bands but they were like we're gonna make the right hand even more technical than we ever did so it's got some of the sickest down picking triplets they started doing like some off time beats, man. Like it just, I, that, that record blows my mind away, man. And that's the first one with Bo Staff, right? Yes. And I, I love his playing, man. I, I just think he brought kind of a, a more of a, I don't know, like fusion kind of proggy vibe to, it, you know, it's, it's incredible. If you could give one piece of advice to future generations, what would you want to tell them? Work hard and, and uh, try to try to keep up with what's going on, you know, because I think that's one thing I, I kind of neglected all those years of touring was uh, not, you know, being on a bus driving down the road and not really knowing what's going on with technology, you know, and keeping up with all that stuff. So right here is basically where the first interview ended between me and Mark. He had to go run out of his house to run some errands and stuff. So you're not missing anything at the end of this conversation here that I cut out. So right here, we're going to dive into part two. And this is me speaking with Mark a few days after the fact. And in this section, he drops a major nuclear bomb that honestly, still at this point, I'm not sure what to make of it, what to think of it. But it's uh, very, very fucked up and very interesting to say the least. So 
I will let you guys listen to it, and you can listen to Mark talk about it, and you be the judge. Decide for yourself what you make of it. I'm not going to tell you what to think. But anyway, we talked about this thing that Mark wanted to discuss, and we talked about a lot of other things as well that go far beyond this thing I'm talking about. And the rest of this conversation is excellent, if you ask me. So with that said, let's get into it. Here is part two with Mark Rizzo. Killer. So what's up? What else do you want to talk about here? Politics, man. We got to save the world, dude. We got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm dying to hear this new stuff for you guys, dude. You got to, you know, I don't know, play it over the phone or something. You know, I'm dying to hear it, though. Well, it's it's not ready yet. There, there's okay. no not a single new song completed yeah. yet. But okay. there's there's a lot of leftover riffs in the riff pile though. And that you know what? That's promising. I can't wait to hear that stuff. Unreleased riffs. And you gotta let me do a solo on it, please, man. I'm I'm dying to do a solo on your guys' record. We'll get we'll give you two and a half seconds. Perfect. I can sweep about thirty <laughs> arpeggios in that time. <laughs> How funny would that be to to make a track that's just got a ton of shredders on it, but each soloist yeah. gets like two seconds? <laughs> that, and, and, and see how many how many notes they could squeeze in two seconds, and just make it put it all together and make it I all know. one solo section. That's a great idea, actually, man. Well, you know they did something like that years ago. Do you remember that metal? Um, it was like I don't know if you remember uh, uh, the fuck was it? It was a metal like save the world song back in the eighties. Oh and yeah, had all, remember that? What the hell was it called? And Inbay uh, was on. Was it, it uh, we we are stars? Something like that. Yeah, and everybody got to do like like a couple measures of, of shredding. Yeah, and uh, it's like it goes from awesome to then also being like really funny. Some of the guys because they put Inbay next to like you know some other like hair metal dude, and it, it like you just couldn't compete with Inbe, you know? <laughs> You don't want to be the guy that has to do a solo after Ingbe Malmsteen. Yeah, or before, you know? But uh, <laughs> no. But but there's a video, it's on YouTube, where they show everybody recording in the studio. And it literally was like, you know, like back in those days, let the tape go and like just improv something, you know? I mean, as it should be. And and But it's funny to see like everybody really looks like all the solos are off the cuff. And you could tell, like, some of those dudes look, like, pretty nervous that they got to go up against, like, Shin Vey, George Lynch, you know? Yeah, those guys are scary. Yeah. So you told me that there was something Soulfly-related that you wanted to get into on here. So what is going on? What's up? Yeah. The only thing I do want to talk about the band is that um, my new girlfriend, who has nothing to do with this band, never even met these guys, like, never even heard of the band until she met me. You know, she's younger. She's, like, 24. Mm-hmm. And she's getting straight up rape threats online. And and they admitted to being part of the Cavalier family. Holy shit. That's something I want to get out there. I wanted to get out there that this is what fucking happens when you leave this fucking this sick cult. You know? Wow. That is... I don't even know what to say. Your yeah, your your girlfriend is getting rape threats from someone that threats. says that they are from, associated... Yep. In, from uh, fake Instagram accounts, uh, fake, you know, like burner phone text messages. I got the cops on it, looking into it. You know, of course, me. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, yo, come, come here, come try. So let's see, let's test your luck. You know, but um, but it's a hundred percent somebody within their circle who's been put up to it from uh, you know management that's in charge. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, and and all the messages um, really. You know, it, it talks. It talks about like me. 
you know, talks about, um, you know, come basically going, going to her to get to me. I mean, it's, it's next level shit, you know? And, uh, and it basically, that's what sums up why Sepultura is never going to get back together. That's, you know, guys like Andres and Paulo, they, they don't want to deal with this crap, you know? So do you know for a fact that it is somebody associated with the band or something like that? Or is it someone just impersonating and saying that because they're a huge fan and they're trying to, you know, get under your skin and be an asshole? It's somebody within their family because they admitted to the Cavalier name being in the family. And they're talking about, you know, uh, business related things involving me with the band that only people within that circle would know. 100%. 100%. Wow. Okay. So uh, it's pretty brutal. It's pretty, uh, it's comical too, because I mean, they would need a tank, you know, let's be honest here. But yeah, very, very, very just, um, you know, very scumbag, next level scumbag. You know, I mean, like when I left the band, it wasn't, it wasn't really like a vicious thing with me. It was just like, yo, this is what happened. This is why I'm leaving, you know, but like the, the truth wasn't really out there exactly why i was leaving you know and and i just told my story which was the truth and um you know to take it to a level to threaten to rape somebody's new girlfriend it's like come on man that's that's uh people need to know about that that's that's next level wow and have you told this to anybody else publicly uh no you were the first person to hear this this is the first interview where i finally you know i kind of ignored it for the last couple months but I finally was like, you know what, man, I'm, I'm going public. I'm talking about this. This is just next level douchery, you know? Well, that's that's a really big accusation. You know, people would, on the outside yes. looking in, would say that that's a very, very big accusation that you're making. Like, do you have uh, oh, pr- yeah. proof to substantiate the claims? Yep, screenshots, everything. And the cops are involved. So there's a police report? Yep, police report, everything, everything. So we'll wow. see. Wow. You know, We'll see how it plays out because um, that's not that's that's next level. You know, it's one thing to quit a band, but to, to take it to that level and, and to to threaten, you know, it's 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 rape threats, it's murder threats, uh, beat up threats towards a, a young lady. I mean, that's that's um, that's fucking next level douchebag, obviously. Because you stopped playing guitar in a band. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, but you know, again, this is that's that sums up the the, the history of uh, of of that world, you know, and that's uh, one of the many reasons why, you know, I'm sure guys like Andres and Paulo are like, we want nothing to do with this man. We're we're out of here. So uh, yeah, but in good news, in the meantime, you know, I'm a, a week away from starting the El Nino tour. You know, these guys are ready to rock, man. We had such a an awesome sit down, bro down, talked about things in the past. Uh, I haven't stepped on stage with El Nino in 20 years, you know, and they're, they're aware of everything going on too. And, and it's just amazing how it's a new band, different vibe. They welcomed me back like a brother and we're moving forward with it, man. And, and, you know, the new record is going to showcase that and dude, we're coming out, you know, on this tour, hardcore man swinging. So, uh, you know, this is good. It's positive, And I know the fans are very, very excited about my return with El Nino and once they hear the new record man it's gonna it's gonna be freaking awesome I'm really glad that there's a positive spin <laughs> to this conversation because <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ you just dropped a a mega bomb sure but I'm I'm looking forward to coming and seeing you I hope that you guys are playing Colorado I would love to meet up while you're in town yes I believe we are man so we definitely gotta hang man and uh you know, obviously like 
I would love to do a guest solo on, on the Havoc record. I've always said that you guys are one of my favorite bands, you know, and, and uh, I can't wait to hear your guys' new record and, and, you know, be awesome to do another tour again. It's been too long. Hell yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, uh, let's keep in touch about swapping some recordings um, uh, for each other because you, you mentioned having vocalists on your next solo record. Definitely keep me posted on that because oh, yeah. I, I got some vocal cords that haven't been put to good use in a while. Awesome. Yeah, let's do it, man. Definitely. I mean, the only good use that my vocal cords have been getting is trying to save the world, like you said. So <laughs> yeah. what do you think we could do to try to help save the world? Man, I mean, it's a mess, but I mean, when, when has the world never been a mess, right? I mean, um, the, you know, the politics, the, you know, these people accuse people of lying, they're lying. This, I, it's, it's, I've never seen our country so divided in my 44 years, you know, I mean, the left, the right. And honestly, I'm not really a big political, you know, but how could you not follow what's going on right now in this world? And I, and I have a lot of friends that are on one side and a lot of friends that are on the other side. I don't know. But, you know, everything that's going on in, in, in Russia and Ukraine, I mean, that's definitely, I hope does not happen. I hope it ends, you know, I and mean, war is obviously horrible. And it's just really sad to see a country that once was united, you know, to be killing each other that are, that are neighbors, man. It just, uh, it's got to stop. I agree. Yeah, 100%. I don't support either, either nation in that conflict. Mm -hmm. I think that governments... Mm -hmm are all sure. corrupt. I think they're all scummy. I think uh, mm -hmm. government means force. Government means tyranny. Government means less freedom. So mm -hmm. I, I don't support either government, but I definitely sympathize with the people that are having their lives turned upside down by by the military yeah. operations. I think it's fucking horrible. Horrible. And mm -hmm. It's really interesting, though, to me that there's wars being waged with our tax dollars that the u.s is is involved with the u.s has invaded and is bombing nations all around the world right now nobody mm -hmm. cares never on the news nobody gives a shit as yep. soon as russia who's been painted as the bad guy for the last six years very hard but for decades you know cold war and everything uh all of a sudden russia invades their neighbor and the u.s loses their minds it's like, why didn't anyone care when the U.S. was doing this exact same shit? Is it because sure. it's the U.S. and it's your own country and you don't want to be labeled anti-American for criticizing U.S. foreign policy? Or mm -hmm. does it is it because the people in Ukraine are white and all mm -hmm. of a sudden you care because it's white people instead of black and brown people being bombed? Like, mm -hmm. It's really interesting to me that uh, the Jim Morrison quote really – springs to mind who controls the media controls the mind and, and that, that really is the case it, that's true yeah I, you know i really i question everything i see on the news i, I really um yeah i know you do too i mean I, I follow a lot of things that you're posting and and um you know i think you have to be like that you, you know it's really it's it's amazing how with social media facebook and and um the, the news you know how things can be really shoved down your throat to really um you know, push an agenda. And I like to hear both sides of a story. I mean, so, you know, I, I respect anyone who, who wants to, to talk about and debate things, you know, but, but going to war obviously is not the answer because innocent people get killed. You know, there needs to be more coming together and, and talking and finding solutions because, you know, it's only the poor that suffer, you know, the little people, not, you know, the, the 
people that aren't rich, you know? Yeah, like the myself. rich get richer during a war. <laughs> I'm a little person. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's really interesting to me. You were talking about, you know, ending the, the violence and coming up with a solution. I find it very interesting that a lot of what I see from peers and friends and corporate media and this, that, and the other politicians, it doesn't seem to me that there's a lot of people talking about peace. There's a lot of people talking about, hey, arm the Ukrainians. Let's have a conflict. Let's have a war. Yeah, go, go, go. Go get them. There's not a lot of, hey, guys, we should sit you guys down in a room and like hammer this out without any more people having to die. There's not a lot of talk about that. It's just give them guns, go to wars, you know, give them weapons. Let's let's do this thing. And there should have been talks months ago. I mean, years ago, I know, I know that, that this war kind of started popping off in 2014 because we were in the middle of it, dude. We were Soulfly and, and Corn were on tour um, in Russia, and we were supposed to go to Ukraine to play, and we were in a private jet with Corn, which was incredible. I wow. mean, Corn was so good. Yo, Corn was so good to us to fly in a private jet, and we were staying at these gorgeous hotels with those guys. I mean, it was, it was best treatment I ever had on tour. But so we were on this private jet. And we were, we were supposed to play Ukraine. It got canceled because of what was going on. And we actually had a missile threat at the, one of the airports at the border of Ukraine and Russia. We had just played the show and we rushed to the airport because they said they were closing the airport down. And then they told us, um, you know, any plane that takes off tonight is getting shot down. <laughs> Holy <laughs> so, shit. Now, now, you know me, I hate flying, you know, and, um, Man, I thought we were—I thought we were dead. I thought we were dead, and um, you know, you know, like like I've—I've I've told you before, you know, um, you know, I—I I started drinking to deal with all this stuff, you know. Now that I'm away from from that whole situation and these crazy situations, I have quit drinking, and I'm back to the guy I was before I joined that band. But yeah, that was that was uh, wow, that was a life or death uh, situation to get on that plane and take off, and, and thank God we made it, you know. Thank God uh, there was there was nothing that. Uh, that was going to happen. Jesus. I'm glad too. That is fucking scary. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's a big mess. What's going on over there right now. But like you, you were just talking about back in 2014, there was issues and that's when this whole, yeah, all all the stuff that led to where we are today started kind of then. And the U S had a lot to do with the regime change there. And uh, a lot of people don't know that, don't realize that, are un- totally unaware that the U.S. Yeah. helped to change the government over in Ukraine mm-hmm. back in 2014. Wow. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff they don't tell you <laughs> on the news. Yes, I'd, yeah, I'd like to, you know, send me, I love reading up on stuff. And honestly, I don't follow um, world affairs as much as I should. So please send over, you know, anything I, I could read up on because uh, I'm not one of these guys that, um, likes to like get like really talk about stuff because i'm just not that knowledgeable but i want to be more knowledgeable um so i love listening to these topics i really do for sure there's something that i posted on my personal instagram page a few days Mm -hmm. ago it's a little clip of an interview with obama from a handful of years ago talking about how the u.s had an agreement with ukraine to do a regime change like Mm -hmm. this isn't conspiracy theory or anything like that it's Literally, the president mm. saying we had an agreement to overthrow the government. Mm. So, wow, yeah, it's it's uh, as George Carlin said, 
it's a big club, and you yeah. ain't in it. Yes, I yo I love George Car- Carlin. I'm always watching his old uh, stand up on on YouTube, man. He uh, what a genius! So ahead of his time. I, I wish he ran for president, man. He was uh, he was great. Yeah, he would have never done that though. He, uh, yeah, all the it seems like all the really good, smart, honest, caring people they don't run for president. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm automatically suspicious of anyone that runs for a position of power. That's that high. Mm-hmm. Uh, not saying that you have to be a scumbag to want that position, but I'm automatically suspicious of you. Sure. Yeah. No, it's a lot of big business, right. And, um, people in people's pockets and corruption. And yeah, I wouldn't want that job. <laughs> No, it sounds like a terrible job. Super stressful. You yes. look at the photos of Obama when he got in there and the photos of when he came out. Dude, he was in for eight years. It looked like he he aged 30 years. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen that. I've seen the before and after. They always do that to you know the before and after pictures of presidents. And Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, oof, that's a stressful job, man. Yeah, and I mean, it's got to weigh on your your conscience and your sleep a little bit too, when you're the drone bomb King who also got a Nobel peace prize. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. The stuff, you know, um, it's, it's really, it's really uh mind blowing and eye opening all the stuff that goes on now that we don't hear about that. You have to really, uh, you know, research and it's great. It's a great debate. It's a great thing to talk about. And, uh, you know, I'm, I really love what you're doing here on your podcast and things you post, you know, cause it's definitely, real eye-opening uh, stuff. And, and I know a lot of your lyrics in Havoc are about a lot of this too. And it makes for very interesting, uh, you know, lyrics. Thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, if people want to like do research on some crazy shit that the news normally wouldn't touch, just look up anything that WikiLeaks ever posted. WikiLeaks mm-hmm. never was successfully sued. They were yeah. never shown to be, falsifying documents or or lying about anything ever not a single time were they proven to have lied about anything so wikileaks is a great place for people to go and tap a resource for some crazy truth bombs that you probably didn't hear about on cnn or fox news yeah i'll have to check that out and julian assange the founder of wikileaks is uh still in prison right now They arrested that dude and they've got him under lock and key with with no chance of bail as far as I know. He's just rotting away in in a prison cell right now for exposing corruption. Hmm. Unbelievable. I got to look more into that, man. You know, thanks for for opening up my mind to to these things that, again, you don't uh, don't see on regular television, you know, and uh, I like to try to educate myself more. So you're, you're doing a great job opening up people's minds to all the craziness, you know. Yeah, bro. Uh, there's a there's a show that I really love with this dude. He's a researcher. He's an independent journalist, but I would consider him more of a researcher because he really digs way deep and presents the information. Hmm. His name is James yeah. Corbett. He has a show called The Corbett Report. Yes, yes. I think I've seen some of that. That's right. Yeah, he's a bald dude with glasses and sometimes has a beard. Um, right. sk- skinny white dude. He lives in Japan, but... Uh, he put out a couple of episodes recently that I'll, I'll send to you after we hang up the phone that, that are way fascinating, interesting, timely topics. Nice. I have to check that out, man. I'm, um, yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. The Corbett report is excellent. And one thing I really love about his program is everything that he talks about 
he provides documentation in all mm. of his episodes. He he puts in the show notes. He'll add you know links to the documents, links to the stories, links to this, that, and the other website. He he provides evidence and documentation of everything that he's talking about and presenting to the listener. He's not just mm. go flying off the handle saying. Well, this is true, and that's true, and this is true, and just believe me. He says, all those things are true, and here's the proof. Wow. Incredible, man. I got to check it out. I know I've seen some stuff. I, I got to dig deeper, though, man. That's uh, that's amazing. Yeah, he's a beast, and he got removed from YouTube. You know, YouTube is owned by Google. They love censorship. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got booted from YouTube last year, of course, in the yeah. middle of pandemic hysteria. He had a gigantic YouTube channel. I I didn't realize how big it was. Um, I heard this stat the other day listening to his stuff because somebody yeah. was talking about, you got kicked off of YouTube and you had 9 million views. And he was like, no, 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 no. I had 90 million views on YouTube. Wow. 90 million views. And he got booted because he was he was getting too uh close to the truth yeah. <laughs> it's i'll tell you man it, it's crazy man how how with social media youtube facebook how how people can voice lies and make up stories and 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 then you put people like in their place and show facts and things and and you get booted i i had this happen to me the other day on facebook where i had some 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 very ignorant stupid person come on my page and i know they they were put up to it you know someone made them do it stating that i don't really play guitar on stage right and i was like Yo, this, is the, <laughs> this is the most like i'm i'm clearly playing guitar um you know maybe maybe I, yes i played i have drums and bass on a backing track but there is never any guitar in my backing track it's always drum and bass behind me and i make a point to just have all the guitar live you know and in my live feeds at home, I'm clearly playing, and this moron came out and started saying, "No, you don't really play. It's all pre-recorded. You're faking <laughs> it." And all, all I did was say, "You are a very dumb, ignorant person to make those claims, you know, here on Facebook." And all my friends and people on my page all, you know, uh, said the same to him. Um, but I got what do they call that? I got banned from Facebook for 24 hours. I was like, "I'm here speaking the truth, defending myself." from somebody who is a complete liar and ignorant and somehow they're getting away with that. And and I defend myself and all of a sudden I'm getting banned. It's, it's just crazy. What did you get the uh, suspension for? What was the charge? Just for calling this guy dumb and ignorant. Oh my um, God. Which show if the shoe fits, man, I mean, come on, man, that, that for someone to make a claim, I, I never had anyone in my life say that to me before, you know, um, it was dumb and ignorant. So, <laughs> But that's the world we live in. You know, how dare you call someone dumb and ignorant? I mean, uh, it's unbelievable. It's crazy. But they can call you a racist, Nazi, xenophobic, homophobic, transphobic piece of shit. Yeah, right. And that's cool. No problem there. This guy claimed I was a fake. And it's like, come on, man. I play guitar all day long. Anyone that knows me knows my passion for the instrument, how much I love the guitar. And for someone to say that, like, I've put all these years in and I'm faking it. It was like, yo, you are stupid, man. Stupid. That person accused you of fraud. Mm -hmm. No problem with that. And then you say that they're ignorant or they don't know what they're talking about. And that is somehow defamatory and (laughs) and deserves punishment. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, can you believe that? Dude, it's the Ministry of Truth. Like straight yeah. out of Orwell's 1984. The Ministry of Truth, you know, uh, exactly. re- re- rewriting history and censoring exactly. what is allowed to be said. You know, the thought mm-hmm. police are out. That's fucking yes. Facebook and Google and YouTube, yeah. Twitter. They, they are yeah. the thought police. Yeah. It's unbelievable, dude, how people can just get away with making up stories and things that have no truth and get away with it and have a platform online to, to speak these fake lies and and, uh, and get away with it. It's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It really is. And this is why, uh, like you said, it, it's hard to not pay attention to some of what's going on today. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with you. I mean, sometimes I tune out a little bit and it's nice to, to take a break and yep. not pay attention for a minute, but sure. you know, every week there's something crazy as fuck that happens. And I'm, it, it, yep. it's, I don't let it make me lose sleep or anything. Yeah. And sure. It doesn't ruin my life, but I, I'm intrigued by it because here's the thing. A lot of times people will say like, Oh, well, I don't care about that stuff. Cause it doesn't affect me. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> the stuff that's happening today, it really does affect me. I mean, absolutely. My, my whole life got turned upside down from all, all this lockdown nonsense. Tons of venues have closed. Tons of restaurants yep. have closed. Businesses like dreams destroyed. Millions of yep. lives and dreams just destroyed permanently. And not sure. because of a virus, because of government. Sure. Government shut down your business and didn't let you operate. Not the virus. Yep. The virus didn't mm-hmm. do that governments do mm. so when people are like ah, i don't pay attention because it doesn't affect me like ah, maybe that's the fantasy land you want to live in but this does yeah. affect us literally i mean yeah. shit we're gonna still be seeing people in 10 years wearing face masks sure and and why is that is that because there was a virus or is that because there was hysteria created over mm-hmm. a virus sure i know what you're talking about we all do i mean uh it's crazy, man. It's it's crazy times. Um, you know, I, I, I hit the road back in February, you know, just going at it. You know, I was like, I, I can't take this anymore, man. And, and of course, I care about people. I don't want to see anyone get sick. But there was a lot of things, too, where I was scratching my head, you know, and I was like, you know what, man? I got friends in other states that are not really locked down and, and you know, things are going well. And I was like, you know what, man? It's my personal opinion and 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 life to to go do what i want to do so i jumped on planes and was trying to you know be careful i'd wear my mask uh, i always wore a cape with the mask too <laughs> <laughs> that's what i always say um but yeah and and um and again got went to montana texas florida and just toured those places you know um and 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 I, I was getting by. I was able to, you know, do my thing and, and I was working a day job. I, I've, I've talked about that a lot. Very grateful to have a job from a friend of mine, but he gave me his blessing when I, when I left and he said, go, go get out there, hit the States that are open. And that's what I did. And, um, you know, knock on wood, I was healthy and had great shows and, and the people that wanted to come out did. And, and, um, you know, I'm very grateful that, uh, I did that. And, and honestly, it was my solo project doing that. That's what got me through these rough times, you know? Yep. I'm glad to see that some artists are able, like yourself are able to, sure. to make it work. Cause there's, as you know, most of the artists that are used to touring a lot right now, ain't, ain't doing it. It's, it's yeah. too risky. Um, yeah. too weird. Just, yep. it, it's a, such a strange situation and, and it's in our face on a daily, especially with, 
people who make a living out of live performance because mm-hmm. live entertainment was the first thing to disappear and it's going to be the last thing to fully come back. Yeah. Sad because um, people need it. You know, people need concerts. I, mean, I remember when I first hit the road last year, the fans that did come out were, were just so, so happy and, and grateful that I, I came out, you know, and, and did this because they hadn't seen the show in, in a year. And um, it was just a real exciting concert every time I'd, I'd hit these places. And they were just very grateful to, to be able to see a show. Hell yeah. I've been super grateful every time I've gotten to go out and see a show in the last couple of years. It's only been a handful. But every time I do, I'm like, hell yes, yep. this is awesome. Especially, uh, I went and saw Robert Randolph in Wyoming. And Nick Shangelis, our old Havoc bass player who plays in Job for a Cowboy, Cephalic Carnage, Nuclear Power Trio. Mm-hmm. He was playing mm-hmm. bass for Robert Randolph for a couple of gigs. And I went and saw him in Wyoming, and it was right in the middle of pandemic in 2020. And uh, it was so fucking cool. There was nobody was wearing a mask. Nobody was socially distanced. It was just like old school, regular ass concert. And it was uh, that was one of my favorite things that I did all 2020. To be honest, yeah, yeah. You know, when I think when everything really comes back, you know, I, I hope there's a new appreciation for what we all do. And, and, you know, maybe it'll, it'll change the business to have people really appreciate bands out on the road again and, and people, you know, supporting, buying merch and, and really showing support since we all went through this super hard time. So I hope for that. Yeah. I think that real music lovers will absolutely be more grateful than ever to, to have the ability to go to live venues and not have it be all weird with, uh, Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, plastic between everybody or whatever and, and gratitude equals happiness that's it that's it and, and and you know even with that i know a lot of bands are, are being very careful and, and they should if that's what you want to do but i i can't live my life like that man i i'm still hanging out with everybody after the shows and i'll tell you man i really swear by um you know stay healthy obviously i love to exercise every day i i, I try to eat healthy but I, one of my favorite tour secrets for years is drinking apple cider vinegar, man. And during this whole situation, I'll tell you, man, I, I've been slamming apple cider vinegar, you know, more than I, I ever did. I, I probably drink about four or five shots of apple cider vinegar every day. And I'll tell you, man, I, I don't want to brag, but this has been like, knock on wood, the healthiest like two and a half years of my life. So I don't know. I'm not a doctor, you know, but there is a lot of. Um, information out there about about how amazing apple cider vinegar is for your health oh yeah um, for millions of different reasons and and um i really do swear by it and and hopefully you know other people that aren't drinking it will will start and what's funny is that it burns just as bad as bourbon man it's crazy it kind of (laughs) does yeah it's super sour Mm -hmm. but that's that's i think that's the health benefits is that it's so uh acidic that it just cleans you out, man. If there, if there is anything in you, it's not going to survive in that stuff. That's right. (laughs) Information is out there. You know, it's funny, you know, I mean, here's a great topic is, you know, obviously, uh, um, pharmaceuticals and then pushing, you know, pills and everything on us, you know, but years ago I was always getting strep throat, especially on the road, man. It was like, never would fail, man. Once, twice a year on the road, I would get strep throat, dude. I couldn't, swallow like barely swallow ice cream dude and i would get a fever of like 103 degrees and um 
I'd go to the doctor and they'd always want to give me a shot of penicillin, hundred bucks shot of penicillin. You know, I'd be better like in 24 hours, right? I'd go to the doctor. They, they would tell me, you got to get your tonsils out. You got to get your tonsils out. And I was like, I don't, yeah, don't want to do that and go through that whole thing, that operation at the time. So about 10 years ago, I had enough of it. And I, and I Googled like, what's a, what's a natural remedy for strep throat prevention and, and, and cure. And apple cider vinegar popped up, man. And ever since I've been doing apple cider vinegar shots, which I do every single day, I haven't had strep throat in over 10 years, knock on wood. Wow. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it's crazy. No doctor has ever prescribed me apple cider vinegar, right? They're always prescribing you, you know, uh, some sort of medication that you got to go to a pharmacy for, spend big money or a shot of penicillin or something. And here it is at, at uh, your grocery store, apple cider vinegar. And it, it's a it's prevention and cure for so many different things. It's it's incredible all the health benefits. Why do, why don't doctors ever push that on you? They don't get a kickback. They don't get a kickback. It's only five <laughs> bucks for for a bottle of it. I mean, think about it. You know. And so again, it's 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 all about research and and questioning things and, and seeing the reason why things are in this world. That's a classic example. What you just said. Um, exactly. Although it's anecdotal, that's a classic mm-hmm. example of why you should not quote unquote, mm-hmm. trust the experts. Exactly. I agree. I mean, that's like going, to, it's like knowing nothing about a car and going to the mechanic and just trusting yes. the expert doing zero yes. research on your own. And he's exactly. like, Oh man, it looks like you need a new engine and a new transmission and new shocks and new brakes. Yeah. You're like, uh, it was running fine before, but you're the expert. Yeah. You know, the, the how foolish is that? Naive. Yes. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I, I'm really into health and, and fitness, and I research all types of just natural remedies and 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 prevention and um, of, of all different types of sicknesses. And and you know, apple cider vinegar always pops up in every single discussion of any sort of uh, you know like sickness, and it's just incredible all the health benefits, man. And, and people that don't know about it, you got to get hip to it because uh, yes, it's disgusting to drink. It's not that bad. It's like, again, it's like a shot of bourbon, you know, it, it burns it, but you know, it's working when you feel that burn, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good for your microbiome and your gut. Yep. It's real good for your gut health. And, um, yeah, it's, I think a lot of people could use better, healthier guts because it seems like a lot of people don't have a gut that they can trust <laughs> at this point. <laughs> sure. Yep. Yep. There's a lot of big, a lot of big guts in, in the metal world too. So <laughs> 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 Physically, yes. Yes. A lot of beer drinking. <laughs> yeah, I I bet you another thing that's on a lot of those lists when you look into natural remedies uh, are things that I take every day, vitamin C and vitamin D3. Yep, I take all that too. Yeah, vitamins, you know, uh it's incredible all the all the, the information too about about certain vitamins, right? Underrated. Yes. Yep. There's an old phrase, you can pay the farmer now or you can pay the doctor later. Yes, exactly. So true. E- eating good food is is way worth it. I know, like eating organic produce often costs twice as much as mm-hmm. the cheaper GMO stuff. But I mean, if if, if you're going to lessen your likelihood of cancer and all kinds of you know stupid sure. bullshit, and you're actually yep. eating more nutritious, real food that wasn't tainted by you know uh, mm-hmm. some. Gen- genetic scientist yep, <laughs> experimentation. I think you're better yep. off, you're way better off. Absolutely, man. I mean, it really. Uh, when it comes to food, you, you, you got it's it's so 
obvious that we, we were designed to eat stuff that that was just natural grown out of the ground without all the the uh the, the pesticides and you know like you said the gmo uh genetic yep stuff i mean um you know we're designed to eat fruits and vegetables first and foremost and um you know i am a meat eater too i love a steak damn it you know but uh um but i i do try to eat more fruits and vegetables definitely yeah gotta get those greens sure pay the farmer now or pay the doctor later it's up to you well dude i know you got to get on a flight here soon thanks a lot that was fun thanks dave i appreciate it brother yeah dude I'll, i'll keep in touch with you mark me too man i'll be in touch bro If you can hear my voice right now, then that means you must be a champion of the universe. You made it all the way until the end. Great job! That sounded sarcastic, but it's not. You really did a good job. Thanks a lot for listening all the way to the end. If you liked what you heard, make sure you give this podcast a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google or wherever the hell you're listening to this. If it's on YouTube, make sure to give it a like. Or a dislike, I don't really care, just do something. And if you dig it, subscribe to the channel and turn on the little bell notification and you'll get an alert every time a new episode goes live. These podcasts come out about once a week, so you'll have something to look forward to. Thanks a lot for spending your time here. I know it's very valuable, it's the one thing that you pay and you could never get back. I really appreciate it, thank you. And thanks to Mark Rizzo for coming on. Super Shredder extraordinaire. Definitely go follow him on his social media, listen to his records, buy his records, and go see him on tour with El Nino this month. I will be doing that as well. Don't forget to hit up riffsordie.com if you want to pick up some merch and support the show. I sincerely appreciate the support. There's some cool t-shirts in there, some cool stickers. You know, there's some stuff in there I think you might like. So even if you can't afford it, maybe poke around and every once in a while there's a sale could save up all them pennies i know you've been doing it they say there's a cash shortage and i'm looking at you but save up them pennies and you can get a t-shirt eventually what you think about that anyway there's that and also don't forget to hit up patreon.com slash riffs or die if you want to sign up for the monthly zoom hangouts there's some bonus content that's exclusive for patreon members and you will always get a discount in the web store Shoot me an email, podcast at and we will do some Q&A sometime in the next couple months here. Until next time, Riffers, thank you very much for your support, and I will talk to you all again soon. Try to leave the world a little bit nicer than the way you found it. We're all going to be all right. Adios, amigos. Adios, amigos.